Together, let us pray. Almighty God, on this day, through the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, you reveal the way of eternal life to every race and nation. Pour out this gift anew, that by the preaching of the gospel, your salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunks, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what is spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven above, and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord, the Lord's great and glorious day, when everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here ends the reading. Celestial fire, thou the 
reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we in fact suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Here ends the reading. Gospel lesson from John chapter 14. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And, in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. 
On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Jesus said, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Just another religious day. That's what the faithful Jews who gathered for the festival thought it was. Just another religious day. You see, Pentecost had been a significant religious day for the ancient Hebrew people for hundreds and hundreds of years. Let me give you a little bit of the historical background on it because it goes all the way back to the story of Exodus. It's linked to the Passover when God provided a way for the children of Israel to escape from the clutches of Pharaoh to escape Egypt. And the Lord was faithful in providing every step of the way. The Lord provided quail and manna and water. The Lord provided safety traveling by day and by night, eventually providing the Ten Commandments, even giving specific instructions on, on how to worship. The Lord was faithful all the way through. And so here is another holy day, not just called Pentecost, but originally the Festival of Weeks, W-E-E-K-S, the Festival of Weeks, as in a seven-day week. Now, there's a little bit of math in this sermon. I think you can follow along. After all, math is for people who really count. The festival of weeks, seven weeks. Seven times seven is 49. So when you start counting on the second day of the Passover, that brings you 50 days out, penta. 50 days out, penta. So this is a significant day, which is why the devout Jews were gathered together in Jerusalem. They were coming from different lands, speaking different languages. All the people gathered together there. And something remarkable happened when the Spirit of God rushed in and through them. Tongues of fire lit upon their heads, and they were able to do something before they could not do. They could listen to each other, and they could talk in a language they previously did not know. It was the miracle of Pentecost. What would happen if the miracle of Pentecost happened today? 
In the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral, Rowan Atkinson, the famous comedic actor, plays the role of one of the ministers officiating at one of the weddings. Now, Rowan Atkinson is known as Mr. Bean, who is incredibly funny without saying anything. But in this particular scene, this minister is, is a bumbling minister, and, and he mixes up all kinds of words. He gets the groom's name wrong. He gets the bride's name wrong. He invites the groom to take this awful wedded wife. And then towards the end of the wedding, just when everybody thinks, okay, we, we, we made it through, he tries to offer a blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spigot. Spigot, you know, the knob on the outside of the house where you hook up a hose for water. The holy spigot. I wonder, actually, if he's not that far off. I remember a professor of mine in seminary, Dr. William Turner, spoke about the Holy Spirit in the entire witness of the Bible in this way. In, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God appears like drips of water, a drip here and a drip there. We read about the Spirit of God in the moments of creation. We hear these poetic allusions to spirit, wind, and breath when imagining God being active amongst the people. There are these amazing moments when the Spirit of God anoints upon different prophets and leaders drips here and there. And then amazingly, in the New Testament, through the witness of Jesus, we are introduced to understanding the Spirit of God being sent by the Father so that God's people who love Jesus and do what he says will be empowered and led to continue his ministry. So that the saving love of Jesus will continue to be activated into the world, empowered by the Spirit. In John chapter 14, we hear Jesus teaching upon this. It's one of the ways where we have a Trinitarian imagination, even though it may not be articulated in the sort of liturgical language that we know. We hear Jesus talking about he and the Father being in each other, and if you see Jesus, then you see the Father. And if you love Jesus, then you'll do what he says. And in so doing, you are abiding with the Father. Meanwhile, the Son is sent by the Father, who also sends the Spirit, the Advocate, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. Within the realm of Christian theological reflection, when we talk about Christology, Christology, it's to describe the person and work of Jesus, who he is, what he did. When we talk about pneumatology, it's about the Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does. Eves Conger is a brilliant theologian who says that we need to have a Christological pneumatology and we need to have a pneumatological Christology. 
What does this mean? We, as God's people, embrace and celebrate the work of Jesus and the Spirit together. Sent by the Father to bring healing and wholeness to this world. Jesus established a new and everlasting covenant, and the church is called to carry it forward. And on the day of Pentecost, something remarkable happened. Before, there were just drips, drips, drips. And on the day of Pentecost, the holy spigot was turned, and out came fire. Imagine what it would be like if the miracle of Pentecost happened today. Well, remember what happened long ago. These people thought it was just another religious day. Did you show up to church today thinking it was just another religious day? Did you click on the live stream thinking, oh, just another religious video? But what would happen if we really were present to the moment? meaning we opened ourselves to the movement and power of the Spirit to listen and to understand other people so that we can connect and find community and be empowered for flourishing in this life. So many people will say things like, oh, I just want more God in my life. I think God is saying, I want more of you. Imagine if you opened up every capacity of your imagination, of your thoughts, your proclivities, your ways of seeing the world, your presumptions about other people and systems, imagine if you opened it up so that the Spirit of God could somehow work within you. The miracle of Pentecost would happen when that happens so that you can connect with another person who you previously did not understand. That's what happened long ago. Imagine if it were to happen today. Think about, think about a family member. According to the family tree, you're close. But in real life, you're not. It might be one of the biggest heartaches in your life. You and another family member not being as relationally close as, as you want to be. You try and you try, but there's just something preventing you from being close. You talk and you spend time together, and when you hang up the phone or when you hop in the car and drive away, you find yourself saying, ugh, I feel like we're speaking different languages. Has that happened to you? Or what about when you're talking with a neighbor, a coworker? somebody you just happened to bump into in the produce aisle. And you get to talking about things happening in Salisbury or things happening in our country or around the world. Different social issues might be mentioned. Maybe a politician's name is brought up. And then you walk away from that conversation, scratching your head thinking, my goodness, we are just speaking two different languages. Imagine if the miracle of Pentecost were to rush upon us and enlighten us so that we can listen to each other 
and understand and speak and be connected for the sake of the gospel. Because there are hurting and broken people out there in the world who need to experience the saving love of Jesus. That's why the Spirit is sent, to continue the work of the church. Just another regular religious day? I don't think so. Throughout the year, we, we have specific days that we try to remember special features of God's love. Christmas Day, we celebrate the Incarnation. Easter, we celebrate the Resurrection. Pentecost, the birthday of the church, the sending forth of the Spirit. These are moments that we need to carry with us throughout the entire year. But we're good to have these, these significant passages of Scripture that animate our worship service. Just another religious day? I don't think so. Allow the Spirit of God to come into your life. To break you. To melt you. To mold you. So that you can be used for the sake of Jesus' love in the world.